If you like growing food, then you might like eating food. And if you like eating food, then you might like cooking food. Well, go check out the first season of Backyard Kitchen available on Tubi for free. Available on all smart TVs and online. That's T-U-B-I. All free. First season of Backyard Kitchen. Now that we're planning in the springtime, why don't we try and avoid unnecessary damages in our garden during spring? That's right. Doesn't matter if you're growing cool weather or warm weather crops. Let's avoid that damage right here on the Backyard Gardens podcast. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. Welcome to the Backyard Gardens podcast, where we talk about all things gardening. We're your hosts, Ben and Batavia, and you can find me gardening in the country. And you'll find me gardening in the city. Get ready as we dig deep into this wonderful world of gardening, where we learn to grow and grow for change. Welcome, everybody, and thank you for being here. We want you to know that our goal is not to have advertisers on the show, so we would request that if you would like to become a patron to help support the show, that would be great. We're doing a Community Gardens podcast every month, and one of our mini-sodes is going on there every month exclusive to patrons. So check out the link below. Also, we're running a sale on our t-shirts, mugs, all that good stuff, all kinds of backyard garden swag. So it's coupon code is BYG Spring. 25% off until the last day of spring. I'm going to let you decide when that is. We should all know that by now. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> last day of spring in the U.S. In the U.S., um, in the U.S. I am feeling good about spring. I feel like it has sprung. And I am glad we're doing this set of episodes now. Um, so let's go. Let's oh, do this. No. Run, run, run. Somebody at the door. Uh, FedEx, who is either delivering, that's not an advertisement, who's either delivering a package to the wrong place or to do me. They, do they really need an advertisement? I mean, come on, it's FedEx. I know. So, He's properly hidden the, the package. So every. Oh, I bet it's my potatoes. Oh, snap. Do we need to put right, the show go, on let's, hold? Let's, Stay, stay focused. Stay focused. Stay, stay focused. Stay the course. Stay the course, everybody. <laughs> so, um, you made me lose my train of thought, but that's okay. Damages in the spring, mm-hmm. unnecessary damage. What does that mean to you? Well, if we break down the words, no, uh, it says to me uh, a certain level of eagerness or neglect or a combination of both. So things that we as gardeners can do differently um, could help us in our efforts to avoid these damages. Yeah, um, it's, it's stuff you that's are totally the problem. avoidable. Yeah, you are the problem, Ben, as the gardener. That's what it says to me. Uh, well, I'm the problem anyways, so there's that. <laughs> that's okay. But no, it's... it's I. I think it's stuff that is completely avoidable. All the things that we will discuss today are completely Mm -hmm. avoidable by gardeners. And I think I'm starting to see a theme come throughout the series. You've mentioned it already in the show. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're like three minutes in and you already mentioned it. So I think I'm starting to see the theme and we all fall victim to being anxious and excited. And Mm -hmm. I would go as far as eager, reckless. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I can be reckless. Yeah. yeah. I mean, dude, I planted my tomatoes three weeks early. I planted two tomatoes three weeks early. Mm-hmm. Not all of them. No. That's, I planted- that's huge, though. The idea that... So, that's very deliberate, right? So, you could avoid damage by not planting the tomatoes early. Or there are a whole set of things that we'll talk about in the episode that you can do to try to avoid damage while you're also trying to get a head start. So the huge yeah. part was two out of many versus this is these are the only two you plan on growing. Right, exactly. And I planted them in a place that is, you know, I can control a lot about them. But I did it specifically because I know that it's going to get cool. Like it's going to get... Mm-hmm. My forecast says 42, so it could very well get to 35, I think, very easily. Mm-hmm. And my goal is even, let's say I do a little bit of covering or something. How is that going to affect 
that because we talk about it all the time like you don't want to do it it's yeah. going to affect it negatively and i've got plenty of seedlings i mean let's be honest i've got plenty of seedlings there's not it's not like i'm not going to have any so i took a chance i took a a, a, a calculated chance how's that i like it i like and you know it what a lot. i took a chance against the first damage which would be freezing mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that would be putting something out that's a warmer weather crop that you don't want to get too cold, mm-hmm. right? You know, yeah. frost will kill it. 100% done out of here. Cut it out. So that's the chance with that one. I had about 20, I was trying to do the math, maybe about 20 um, snapdragons, which mature snapdragons can take a cold snap. Like I've seen us get down to freezing temps. And those things still are, you know, plugging away. This is late yeah. season. This is, it's been planted for many months, right? Plants are mature, plenty of flowers on them. I'm drawing the line and saying mature sunflower, sunflowers, mature snapdragons are different than kind of my uh, young snapdragons. Yeah. Because boy, did that cold burn those things up real quick. Um, and. It wasn't, it was intentional. I was putting it out intentionally, uh, but I did not, I forgot to pull them back in. I pulled everything else back in and forgot that. So yeah. there's a part of this where it's like, you, you need to learn to know yourself as a gardener. What are you willing to do? What aren't you willing to do? Yeah, that's, um, that's real big. And we're going to get into that, I think, a little bit heavy because I have a few things to say about that when the time is mm-hmm. right. But the time's not right yet. Because what if you're planting your cool weather crops? Maybe they're going to get too hot. Ooh. What a crazy (laughs) season where we're both worried about too hot and too cold. Son of a billy goat's bottom. I can't believe it. Sometimes it's just too much. (laughs) (laughs) It is, though. It really is. And do you you see why it could be confusing, though? Just in that statement, like Mm -hmm. it could be really confusing, not to mention that you've got pressure from the outside of people planting things and doing things. And, you know, if you're newer to gardening or you're newer to a certain crop and you don't understand how long it takes for things to grow, like it can be very Mm -hmm. hard. Yeah. So, the, you know, too hot, too cold, you know, flip, flap, mishmash. It's crazy. It's crazy talk. I just I can't. Yeah. The it. bouncing back and forth of, of weather. In my mind, I process it's cold until it's not right. Mm-hmm. You know, it's hot until it's not right. Um, but the reality is in most everywhere that we live, there's going to be some fluctuation you know, whether it's a few degrees or many, many, many degrees, which is the case yeah. in, my, in my situation. I um, I was just thinking about when you said, you know, what if it gets too hot? I think it was 2019. It was such a cold June. Now, I didn't have anything planted for spring. Um, and I don't remember how much it bounced back and forth. But I mean, we're talking about like deliveries for soil and things like that like they were delaying it because it was wet and it was cold and they were basically waiting for this like the weather to stabilize before they dropped off these truckloads of things um i don't feel like the last few junes as an example have been like that but but yeah it's it's one of those things like your calendar says one thing your weather says another and then plants say something in between i was just looking up what state has the most gradual spring I got a big fat donut hole on that one, though. So that's a great question. And I can't imagine Google answering that. (laughs) Yeah, Google. No, I mean, it said the best states to visit in spring. I got that. I'm not looking to go on Mm -hmm. vacation. Thanks. Um, You know, and it has everything from Alaska to New York to, you know, California, Mm -hmm. North Carolina. Um, Yeah, so that's not any help but anyways i the the point of that was i don't know of anywhere that it's like you know every night it just gets gradually warmer Mm -hmm, and there's mm -hmm. not big fluctuations i'm sure there is somewhere out there you know i know that i talked to somebody that lives in uh, i think it was washington state and they're in zone eight 
mm-hmm. but they can barely grow peppers in their zone eight because, because it's too too cool. Huh. So remember, the zone only tells you how cold it gets, not how hot it gets. So if you fall, I mean, like let's say y'all live somewhere and it was only forty degrees. It was the coldest it got, but then it only got 50 degrees during the day, like all year round. I mean, you'd be in zone 10, but you, you know, so it's interesting to see that. I don't know that I know anyone in Washington state, but I I felt like there's a bit of sorrow, a bit of sadness for them. Like difficulty growing peppers. Yeah. I mean, you know, just real warm. I mean, they can grow greens all year long. Yeah. All year. Yeah. Well, so, okay, now we're we're back in line. Okay. Um some things we take for granted. But yeah. anywho. So and then another thing that we are gonna be discussing is water. Too much mm-hmm. or too little watering. And this one is a pretty easy one to fix, I feel like. Mm. Why you oh, gotta throw me. stuff around for? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> you fed up with the conversation I already. Object. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. I think that generally it's easier in the spring, um, but still can be you know a problem. Still can cause some damage. Um, so you just it's not something that you can absolutely ignore. This is something though that I think is very area specific. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think this one in particular is something that you know, <clears throat> depending on where you live, spring and fall could be flipped on how to conquer this one. So that's going to be an interesting one as well, because for me, it is definitely flipped. But also the one thing to remember too, is when we're talking about all of this and we're talking about gardening in spring, I think it's important that we're not necessarily just talking about this, the calendar of start to spring to end of spring. I think we're kind of talking about spring weather mm-hmm, in general. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I know, know what you mean because by the time we get to as a June June twenty something, I don't want to mm-hmm. give away for all the people that had to figure out <laughs> <laughs> when spring end. Uh, so when summer begins, I'm in full. My mindset is absolutely in summer by the time June rolls around. But we're well within the month before the calendar says, "Hey, it's summertime." You see me there still? Yeah. I'm doing pretty good. I'm pretty we'll pleased with myself. With in that. the middle of May for us. I mean, it's basically mm-hmm. summer, mm-hmm. you know, if, if we make it that long, usually like early May, it's it's already 85 degrees and everything. So, you know, th- therefore, our, but our spring before spring technically starts on the calendar, we're starting to get what we feel is spring weather. Yeah, the uh, beaches open up like the, I think it's still the last week of May. I can remember in a different lifetime. um like the first open water swim at the end of May, not only is the water temperature still like really frigid, right? That's understandable. But the air temperature had been, I think I did this a couple of years in a row, was pretty cold as well. So it's kind of funny. It's like, no, May definitely isn't, you know, summer in Chicago. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting the way we have to be realistic about how we're looking at spring throughout this conversation. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. um, let's go to our break and then we're going to come back and we're going to break down freezing stuff, freezing it, stuff getting too hot and then watering in spring, all these things to avoid unnecessary damage. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners. So another sign that spring is here, we're in the spring season. Uh, my neighbor's lawn care people are back. I was out in the yard working up some things and I saw them. What's the term when they um, kind of put put holes in? Is it aerating the yeah, lawn? Aerating. Yeah. Uh, so that was their first task. And then after I came back, I saw all kinds of grass clippings. You know, our yard city 
yards in Chicago, like are right on top of each other. So I'm like, I know this isn't any of my grass because I don't have any, you know, so they obviously trim the grass as well. But anywho, they're back. But luckily for all of you all that are longtime listeners, we've changed our schedule for recording. So you may not hear them ever again. Let me know if you miss them, though. Why did you say that? Now they're for sure going to start doing it on our days and we have to change the (laughs) schedule again. I can't keep up with it. Okay, freezing. Go for it. So the thing I know already I'm going to enjoy about this is almost all of this will apply to most of the folks that are listening, but it may apply to them at very different periods of time. Yes. So for y'all that were like at this place in January, February, pin this episode, listen to it again next year. Uh, For those that are closer to my calendar and your calendar, Ben, hey, this is where you need to be. Listen and listen up. Um, You know what I think they should do? Honestly, I think they should just listen to it on repeat for the next week and then you'll just memorize the whole show and then we'll be good. I thought you were talking about the next 12 months. No, the next 12 months, too. Just every day. Just listen to it over and over and over. Email us if you like a transcript of this where you like to read it as well. Uh, No. So so too cold. And because we're talking about gardening in the spring, um, there is a such thing as too cold for some cold weather or cool weather crops. Right. So these things are much smaller and are not yet established if you are hardening them off. If we're in the early part of you transplanting them in, again, um, pretty young plants we're talking about. And then if you move on to more warm weather crops, which is probably the most dangerous time, right? The most opportunity for um, damage. You you have to like stalk your weather here. Um, You have to be, I think, probably more aggressive in protecting these plants from the cold than you would be any other time in your garden. What do you think? Yeah, I think so because, and the only reason why I take it away from fall is because by fall you kind of you you expect it to get cold. Mm-hmm. Right mm-hmm. now we're expecting it to get warm. You know, you start getting a seventy-five degree day, and you're like, "Oh shit, it's over. We're good." Yeah, I'm thinking to go yeah. out there and get elbow deep and some compost and start digging, and you know, and it's it's not a race. Gardening mm-hmm. is not a race; it's a marathon. Okay, it's not a sprint. It's it's a slow burn. So don't rush it. See, I'm I'm going to challenge us here because there are two would. parts I knew of this. You would. I knew yeah, it. so there is the part where there are things that you're going to plant in the spring that will grow throughout spring, maybe into summer, right, and be just fine. Then there are things that you are on a clock for. You know, it's like the timed race versus the one that isn't. Yeah. So we talk a lot about uh, the the um, heading vegetables a lot. You know, your your cabbages for some people, your broccoli, your cauliflowers. So those things, there is a window of time for many of our listeners. Right. Before we get to the point of that vegetable bolting and not producing in the way that you want it to produce uh, based on kind of heat being introduced. So if we go back a bit and talk about, all right, are you getting these things out and is it too cold um are you do you need to worry about you know damage from the cold how do you manage damage if it occurs right yeah. all of those things um i think that for my kind of just leafy production i am all about it's a marathon i can take my time with it well, but can i do want to can i can i interrupt you for a second let me just, let me just finish my thought i do okay. want to be more um cautious uh i want to take more care when it comes to those vegetables that are going to produce a head because i do feel like there's a time time clock yeah time clock so time clock. the only issue i have with that is we're talking about things freezing so a lot of the things like the the greens and the headings and stuff the headings well that's a new term um they it's more of a marathon for them because you're not you know they can take the cold but the 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 tomatoes and stuff like that the warm weather that is where it becomes an issue because it is you know you need to take your time getting that stuff out Mm -hmm. so um and that's really the first i think the first method of getting past that is just taking your time for some of these warmer crops 
Yeah, I, I, I still am going to stand on um, the side. I mean, we've seen a lot of small tomato seedlings as of late, right? Yeah. Not yours that you recently planted. Those look beautiful. Um, but I've seen in other places a real, some real small plants. Um, and so I'm going to apply that to some of these other plants that we're talking about that are, again, are bred more for cooler and colder weather. Um it's it's easier to bounce back from a fall if you're ten years old yeah. versus if you're one, you know. So, yeah. Um, and maybe you don't bounce back at all when you're forty plus years old, but that's a different conversation. Um, so I do think in general, you know, the watchful eye, the greatest care should be taken if you're trying to plant out um, warm weather crops, you know, heat loving crops, and you still have a scare of cold weather in your forecast. Absolutely, right. I don't don't take for granted the way that some of these cooler weather crops will respond to the cold to the freezing temps um, I think that you have to v- very much consider how big that plant is yeah. um, now in general I have some like plants out there now that don't have their true leaves now they were covered they had a plastic cover in a container and we definitely got to my other plants had free like frozen leaves so we know we got down to you know like a freeze um and they were just fine right so that kind of counters a little bit my argument i'm just saying be cautious yeah and i i think you know when you go to avoid how to avoid the damage Mm -hmm. for this it's one i would say you plant the right crops at the right time Mm -hmm. you know don't get overly excited and then just like you said, you know, you can <clears throat> you can cover stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Now, what does covering do for something? That's the big question when you're getting, you know, you're starting to get cooler weather. And it actually does a couple things. So a lot of people just think that it keeps the plant warmer. And that's not necessarily just the case, right? That's my sign for it's trapping, you know, that that heat. Right. Right. But what it what is it's also doing is it's stopping the frost from building up on the leaves. So Mm -hmm. as it falls down, the frost will form on top of let's just say you're using a piece of plastic, Um, you know, and a lot of people might be using towels, but whatever. It'll stop that. That's where the frost will build up instead of so you won't get frost burn on your yeah. leaves. So that can be a big portion too, you know, a big stopping point of, uh, you know, avoiding these losses and this unnecessary damage because it's as simple as that. Now the question becomes, and you brought this up earlier, how much are you willing to do? Mm-hmm. I'm not mm-hmm. willing to cover my whole garden. I'm just not going to do it. That is, I can't think of anything worse. I mean, last year we had this crazy freeze come out. I was like, look, if it's going to make it, it's going to make it. If not, it's going to die. And I had to replace a couple bushes, all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, I want to be I want to be in a place where. um, So managing your expectations when it comes to damage. Right. This is going to be a little bit of a reach, but I feel good about it. So I'm going to go with it. Um, My mind said if I had a bunch of seedlings like so a bunch of seeds that I've started now I'm transplanting them out the future version of my garden is going to be I'm going to take the risk maybe I'll have some row cover but I'm not going to be like running out in the middle of the the evening trying to protect things because again I have so much planted where I can absorb that loss I think last week you said something like you know if it's if you want 10 plant 12 right I don't remember what vegetable we were talking about, but the same idea uh, applies. And yeah, so that's where I want. Mm-hmm, that's where I want. That's where I want to be. I was doing the math and that didn't quite math, but <laughs> moving on. <laughs> so that's where I want to be. Right. Because it, it's a it's it's a, a stressful like at this stage for me, yeah. um, because I'm looking at the number of plants that I have and I'm like, this is it. Right. Like what's going to make it's going to make it. And so, again, I'm I'm rushing things, uh, towels over things, pulling things back in. And it's a pain in the ass, you know. So obviously that's a step to help mitigate the damage. Yeah. But again, it's still a pain in the ass. Well, and the other thing, too, is if you think about it before you you rush to put your tomatoes out. 
let them get bigger in the pods. Up pot them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. up potted my tomatoes and three days later, I, I promise you, they doubled in size. They just, they were ready to go, you know? Mm-hmm. And so there's nothing wrong. You just want to get them in the ground before they flower. That's yeah. really the goal. Once they start to flower, you know, I, I, I mean, it's not an issue, but you're just kind of, it won't be as happy. I would say, you know, like that's the a big, really good benchmark, though. Right. You know. Yeah. I mean, I think it's important to do this. So like I have a pepper right now. I have a Sir Purple Pepper. Thank you very much, sir. That is trying to flower right now. And so I need to clip the flower and then I need to repot it because mm-hmm. it's trying to flower because it's stressed. Yeah. And I know it's stressed because I've done a new method with my seeds this year where I watered less, almost to the point of keeping them dry. And I have Mm -hmm. had zero fungus gnats this year. Mm. It's been great. So um, I've had very good success with it. So we're going to try and keep that moving forward. But, you know, don't rush to get them in. Let them get bigger in their pots. Up pot them if you can. You know, I I put, um, I think it was on Backyard Gardens TV, Instagram. I put a thing up saying this is my overflow. And as mm-hmm, I up potted mm-hmm. stuff, I was like, I, I was like, I did it again. I don't have enough yeah. room. So then I had to go out and ma- I had an extra grow light. And so I made, a, you know, a station where I was like, okay, this is where I can put things that need to be. So like I'm going out of town and we still, we have a chance of a frost. So I can bring everything in and put them under lights while I'm gone and it'll be fine. So mm-hmm. that's kind of where we sit with this is just be, be careful and just understand that sometimes getting them out early isn't the right answer. And a lot of these things, you will benefit from up potting them and getting them in. And it's as simple as pulling it out of the seed cell, putting it in, dropping some soil in a bigger pot and giving it just like you would anything else. And it allows those roots to stretch out and then it'll just be a stronger plant when you get it in the ground. Yeah. Stronger. Um, we want strong, healthy, you know, larger plants if we can to go out. Uh, so if you have an opportunity to create that and and now I'm moving with you to, you know, these are, we're talking about more of your heat loving plants. Yes. Yeah. Most of us are planting our summer crops still in the middle of spring, right? Even when it's late Batavia planting, like it's still springtime. Um, and I think that for me, if I look like my peppers, I started in January this year yeah. um, and they are, as we are in April, pretty like absolutely sizable. Like if the weather was right, I'd be planting them out, period. Right. Yeah. There are some that are still uber small, which I have this theory about hot peppers are slower to grow than sweet peppers. But that's just a theory. I, I, no, I think you're I think you might be correct on that. Mm-hmm. I, I think so. And I, I want to say, too, though, if you get them out there while it's cool, it slows down the growth. So the part about shock seems so shocking when you say like you're going to shock the plant, you're going to stress the plant. But that's the reality, right? You know, so it's anything from you coming in back and forth into the house, out of the house, like you're hot, you're cold, you're hot, you're cold. Like your body responds to that right now. Again, these plants are made to live in the wild. (laughs) Um, However, if I'm putting this plant out and it's 45 degrees as a pepper plant, right? Like that thing has to adjust to that temperature, not to mention coming out from my house where it's like 65 or 70 degrees Um, and we already know some of these hot weather plants like they don't like it colder than 50 but then what happens when it gets to 75 degrees right like you feel safe well no guess what it's back down to 50 again Um, so if you can avoid stress for your plants then do that it's such it's you know, it's like this orchestra, like, you know, it's a symphony, right? You know, so on one hand, we want to take advantage of the growing season. We want to take advantage of the time we have on the calendar. On the other hand, some things we do could be detrimental to what we have planted, you know, based on our weather conditions. Ah, such a dance. Yeah, it is. And it's, <clears throat> you know, one thing too to help with this is when you're trying to get your warmer weather stuff out, pick a time where your temperatures are going to be stable. Mm-hmm. in the spring and get them starting to harden off because then they can take a cooler bit if they've been out and they're comfortable where they are. And I'm not saying they have to be in the ground, but if you have them in bigger pots, like you've up potted mm-hmm. them, then there's more insulation around them and you can put them out. And then when you do get, let's say, you know, six days later, 
you get this 45 degree night, it won't be as bad on them. It won't shock them as much because they will be used to the gradual changing. But when you take them out of your house, I mean, dude, your house might have maybe a five degree temperature change. You know what I mean? Like most people's houses are fairly consistent. I'm sure we'll get an email saying, well, mine actually is 15 (laughs) degrees and I get it. But generally speaking, our houses are, you know, it's, a stable temperature. So when you get them out, they're going to start fluctuating right away. Mm-hmm. Boom, boom, boom. And then it's going to cause an issue. So um, the one thing I wanted to do say about that is you can always cover them when it gets cool, but go out one night and look at your tomato plants when you're hardening off. Have you ever looked at them at night when it gets no, cool? No, I haven't. They, so the tomatoes lift their leaves up and fold them. Oh, okay. They yeah. fold mm-hmm. them in because they're trying to trap heat. So it's really cool. But, you, you know, also feel comfortable to cover them. But when we cover them, we need to remember one thing, which is going to bring us into the next one. You need to uncover them the next day because you don't want things to get too hot. That's right. Before you jump to too hot, like hop. I mean, it's not like we've been talking about this for 30 minutes or anything. Um, <laughs> like, so we talk about the power of the sun, right? The greatness of the sun. Um, overcast, foggy days, absolutely means something different when we're talking about spring weather so yeah. it will absolutely make things colder right than what the you know forecast may say like air temperature is like that's a real thing that's important to your garden um and then the flip of it is as we get closer and closer to summer um again that overcast day when that sun peaks out baby you know that can Boom. change things quite a bit yeah. And so you're getting those fluctuations very fast. But if you over a period of time, you'll get it. You know, it'll get more comfortable to that fluctuation. And so too hot. It goes for two things. One, let's say you've covered something and you've left the cover on during the day. Mm-hmm. It's going to heat up super fast. Yeah. And then the other one is putting... um your cool weather crops in the dirt too late or, you know, so they don't get their full time to grow and then they get hot and they start to bolt. Mm -hmm. So there's two, two aspects there. So we're now we're, and this is the beauty of, this is why this series is gardening in spring, not spring gardening, because it's two totally opposite things. And you, and most people, I mean, let's be honest, you want a salad. So you're going to grow lettuce (laughs) And you're going to grow tomatoes to try and mm-hmm. make that salad. So we need to find that happy medium and it can be, it can be very daunting. And so the biggest thing is get your timing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the ultimate thing. And I would say be brave when it comes to your cool weather crops. So I'm going to say, be prepared to learn. Right. And so, <laughs> well, yeah, it absolutely ties into it. If something doesn't, uh, turn out the way that you want kind of if we start with cool weather crops like absolutely make that a lesson learned like let's sometimes I say I don't need to learn that lesson again I've already learned it right yeah. you know like that's how I want to approach that like again be prepared for some potential loss I was thinking back to I had red cabbage I think I had like let's let's call it four plants um, and I was okay. intentionally staggering them last year now, I've grown cabbage throughout the year, throughout the summer in my garden before. And I've had instances where years where it just didn't work, like maybe it got too hot. Maybe it was the variety, whatever have you. Anywho, the first cabbage that I planted the first week of April did great. Formed ahead, was beautiful, was delicious. I don't remember the exact timing, but at some point later in the month, maybe even early February, I planted two more in containers. And I'm only calling it what it was like two, the first two were in a raised bed, the second two were in containers. First two formed heads just fine. Second two never formed ahead that spring, never formed ahead of cabbage that summer. Finally formed ahead later that fall when that weather got cool, you know much 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 cooler um so when you talk about getting your timing right on one hand absolutely true on the other hand um you don't know unless you push the envelope like i don't i didn't know that that plant was probably going to struggle if i put it in the ground on you know may 1st or something now i do 
right? Yeah. Well, and the thing too that really rings out to me in that story is, or in that situation, is how much growing time did you waste in that pot for that year? Think about all the other. I mean, you got one head of cabbage out of that pot. It's so not often. Sink in, you know, it's it's. I mean, but that's how you learn because you it's, did that one year, and now you're like, I'm good. You know what I mean? So the plan was to basically harvest a head this week, a head two or three weeks later. Like that was very intentional. Um, I knew I didn't need four heads of cabbage around the same time. Um, It's interesting because we don't often come to the same place so quickly that growing space luckily it was a container so I had a bunch of those but that growing space like I basically had that plant in place all year long all Mm -hmm. spring all summer up until the fall I actually it was so beat up and battered by the time it started forming a head I'm just like eh you know so watering it head of cabbage yeah water well it's not 48 cents it's more like 72 cents but watering it fertilizing that bucket all through the year like i'm not gonna give up on it i have a video where i'm just like it's just ornamental no worries um but that's a great example of that uh i would have never left that cabbage in place that long had it produced earlier in the year yeah and that's the crazy part about it i mean it's but you, you've got to do that in order to understand. And I think it's important, you know, because you can sit here and listen to this show, any other show that you want, any other video, any other article and be like, this is the time that I need to plant. But in reality, you're going to have to go out and do it and you're going to have to fail before you learn. Everybody does it. But yeah. once you do it, then you're like, you know what? And, and that, the real trick to this is honestly. Find. Figure out one crop at a time or a group of crops at a time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, don't try and master the whole thing at once. You know, it's like each year I add something new in. You know, this year, potatoes. You know, last year was black eyed peas or what is it? What people call them? What is the other name they call it? Cow, cow, cow peas. peas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they're called cow peas, but yeah, <laughs> cow peas, you know, and then the year before, I don't remember what it was, but it was something, you know, Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so each thing in each year you're building your knowledge. And that's the thing about gardening is it takes an incredible amount of patience, but we don't want that. We want to know now. Absolutely. It takes an incredible amount of patience and you're also protecting your garden heart, right? So you're minimizing the amount of loss by minimizing the amount of new that you tried just because you've done it before doesn't mean that there can't be lost. But the idea that we are, we're going to see how this works out. We're not going to do that for our entire garden. Right. Yeah. We're focusing on a crop or two that are going to be new that we may be comfortable with, you know, they're being lost, they're being damaged, right? We're just not tossing it out to the wolves and saying good luck, but we're walking into this kind of with this idea of I am, hoping to eat this but i'm also hoping to learn from this so i think it's excellent advice you know hold on a second let me take a sip out of my backyard gardens pint class 25 percent mm-hmm. off how, how big of a sip is that <sighs> it was a little little sip but what i was gonna say makes is, everything taste better now doesn't it <laughs> it does but the year before it was parsnips and the year before that was um carrots so you can mm-hmm. see the progression over time has been, mm-hmm. you know, one step. And a lot of these things are staples in my garden now. Yeah. And for a long time, I only grew the same things. I only grew Roma tomatoes, uh, Boston pickling cucumbers, green beans, bush beans, you know, and winter squashes. That was it. But then you start getting on. And it took me a while to get a hang of some of these things, too, mm-hmm. to really understand mm-hmm. how they grew. And that's what's yeah. so important. I mean, you know, we need to take our time and figure it out but you get these things into the ground you know you get your cabbages in too late and then you're just kind of waiting and then it gets too hot and luckily where you are they were able to survive a lot of places like here they i mean chances are they're gonna get charred you know not talking about the vegetable because i could never say anything bad about charred the first time by the way mine is bolting (laughs) yeah i did i saw that The first time I grew cabbage, I grew it like in a dead. Well, it probably was planted like the middle or beginning of June. Uh, So like right as spring was uh, done 
sprunging, sprunging, springing. Um, and it, I didn't know any better. Right. You know, and so I ended up with beautiful heads of cabbage. Didn't realize that, hey, I lucked out here. Um, I, I think that also consider if you have experience growing some of these vegetables later in the year that like if you're growing some of these veggies in the fall your experience in the springtime could also be different yeah mine's it's flip-flopped for me personally so mm-hmm. um you know like i didn't go as heavy on broccoli this year because over the years i've realized like you know what it just doesn't it's not really working the way I want it to. Mm-hmm. Now, it will mm-hmm. always have a place in my garden, but it may not be as heavy as I'd like for it to be. You know, for me, I would have to have um, 200 square feet of broccoli in order to feed my family the amount of broccoli we eat, which is a lot of broccoli. You know what I mean? Yeah. It I, also um, translates to a lot of headaches. I've adopted this new mantra for my garden. and Uh-oh. I've. I've mentioned this Hold on, here let me strap and there. In. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Uh-huh. <laughs> um growing a little bit of a lot, right? Going growing a little bit of everything. And it absolutely like resonates with me when it comes to some of the things that I've considered struggle crops, you know. I'm okay with growing just a few potatoes. You know, yeah. I'm okay with growing just a few sweet potatoes, or these, just a few carrots. That's just fine, right? Um, there are not a whole ton of crops that I want a whole ton of. Um, so I think that a part of this is just me adjusting to what my garden has been doing. But a part of it is inspiring for me because when I go back to one of the tenets that's, you know, become the Backyard Gardens podcast, and it's diversifying your garden, um, it allows me to be able to answer that call. Um, I'm sorry, Ben hasn't watched the Game of Thrones for all of you fans. I am a diehard fan. And so every now and again, I just slip in something like that. Yeah, I answering the call. So. 50% of the audience will get in and love it. <laughs> well, congratulations, 50%. You're one of the special ones. Um, yeah, so when you talk about getting too hot, there's other things that we can do. You can, you know, as the season progresses and we're not, I'm not even going to talk about calendar spring anymore. I'm just going to talk about weather in general. It starts to get warm. Your goal is to keep some of these crops cooler because maybe you're waiting for your last, you know, your heading crops to finish up or yes, you know, something to happen or you want to prolong your kale harvest or your charge or something Mm -hmm. like that. So adding shade shade cloth is is a real thing and it can be very helpful to you and it's it's an interesting concept i think that a lot of people don't understand the power of but if you put it directly overhead of your garden so it's just like an umbrella mm-hmm. um when it's high noon it's going to lower that temperature by you know up to 15 degrees at high noon so that gives it a break from the heat during the day And so that's really important to do. Now, the downfall is that there is some cost, you know, of setting it up and getting things going. But once you do that and you have everything set up, you can then take advantage of this year after year and you can design your garden in a way in which it'll be you'll be able to use it. So Mm -hmm. like in my wild garden, I set up a structure last year using T-posts and that was designed. So if I need or desire to. I can put a shade cloth over it and it will keep it cooler in the middle of the day. And it did work. So there's that option. But then I can also use that structure for other things like makeshift Mm. trellises or something like that. Uh, There's a whole number of things I can do. So keep that in mind as you're doing these things is how can we, how can you lower the amount of sun and you're not putting a shade like you're not putting a blackout curtain up there you're putting something that will filter the sun through so you can get like i think i filter out like 15 to 20 percent of the sun that comes through and it's just enough to do it and then the other option oh go ahead no i was just gonna say like the, the part that i wanted to start at was same rule applies make sure that you're planting season appropriate crops for your area Right. Like I leaned into the microphone for that. Um, 
everyone isn't getting tomatoes in the ground in, you know, April, May, June, right? Some places are just too hot for that. Yeah. Um, so while they may not be in the majority, again, just let's make sure that we're planting appropriate crops and anything that really is really cool weather. Let's just be conscious of how late we're planting those. It could be too hot in your area for those things to germinate even. So again, right. I'm, I'm going to lean on your comment and you really drill this home and especially when it comes to uh, cool weather crops, but same applies when it comes to heat loving as well. Let's just it's almost summer. We're wrapping up spring. Let's make sure that the right plants are going in. We're sowing the right seeds. We're putting the right transplants in. Right. Uh, that's appropriate for our, our area and the weather that we're getting. Right. And I mean, let's say you, you, you know, you're a, you're a lettuce lover. Go ahead and give it a shot. Put some in, but don't be surprised if it bolts on you. And so the other thing you can do is, and you can use these in conjunction is you can just wet down the plants in the middle of the day, turn the sprinkler mm. on for 10 minutes or go out there with a water hose and just wet the leaves down. And that will cool it off to an extent, but it won't cool it off as much as, as, um, the shade cloth. So now you can use them both in conjunction. You can do one of each and you're not really watering the plants. You're wetting the leaves to lower the surface temperature of the leaves. And it does go a long way into that, you know, and watering the area around it, because what happens is you'll you'll spray the water all around the garden. And I mean, it's like <clears throat> 10 minute job, you know, you don't go do anything crazy. But as you do that, as that water evaporates and comes up, it will continue to cool for a little bit. But there comes a point where it's so hot that it just doesn't matter. And it's also kind of wasteful in water, mm-hmm. as we will talk about in the near future. So be careful of that. But that is an option too. It's called wetting down. So I I like to use the shade cloth. If that was up to me and I had the money, I would put a shade cloth over my entire garden. I just don't have the money to do so. Well, yeah, I don't have the money and I also don't have the desire to do that kind of work because then you start talking about a little bit more complicated structure when you Mm -hmm. want to do like the size garden that I have, but doing it in sections, I think is a perfectly good thing. Like I left my hoops in place so I could do something like that if I wanted to over that section, you know, I could put a little piece of a shade cloth over or something like that. So that's an option. But if anything gets taller than that, it becomes an issue because you don't want the the plants to touch it because then it's going to be, it's since it's black, it absorbs the heat. And it'll go through, so. And spit that heat right back onto the plant. Yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, you know, I love a good cover. You know, you know, I, I can, you know, erect something to protect my plants. I'm actually doodling, which I don't do often, um, about some ideas that I have for my containers this year, which I believe are going to be a struggle. But anywho, um, the idea of, I think you can help mitigate the damage from heat with the suggestions you've brought up but i'm going to go back to know yourself as a gardener or at least be conscious of what you learn about yourself as a gardener because i am notorious for covering a garden bed and it's like set it and forget it right like you know things are overgrown i never like want to take the couple of minutes to uncover it to harvest um that is a, a lazy side of me when it comes to gardening. Um, and so keep that in mind. We actually had a listener question uh, a couple of months ago talking about leaving food in the garden, right? Mm-hmm. And not harvesting it. Um, the more barriers, quite literally, you put around your garden, the more barriers are around your garden. Um, I still am a huge fan of covering. Fortunately for me, I've not had to go with shade cloth, but if I did, I'd absolutely do it because again, I'm a fan of doing what it takes, but you also, again, have to have a little bit more discipline when it comes to getting to those vegetables. It's pretty cheap too. The shade cloth is, I mean, I've, you can get all kinds of grades of it, but I get it and then I put it away when it's done. So it's not just sitting mm-hmm. out in the sun and mm-hmm. it actually is not overly expensive. So, um, well, I don't know what the cost is this year. Let me just, <laughs> yeah, let yeah. me just stop because I don't want to give anybody false hope, but I'm not sure if there's any on the Amazon list. I'll put some on there. Uh, for you guys. So if you if you are looking into shade cloth, you can check the link below for the Amazon list. I'll have some shade cloth on there. I'll write myself a note in my fancy notebook right now. 
so I don't forget just because it is very useful and mm. I have done tests to see how much it lowers the temperature and it is a significant drop especially inside of my greenhouse so it can make a big difference um, real quick before we go to, to the next segment we um, I did over the winter I did a low tunnel mm-hmm. the low tunnel is not going to work for me oh um, no yeah and I gets, say this as a fan of cover which you know <laughs> it's too hot it gets too hot mm-hmm, I think mm-hmm. um, I, I don't think I would toss it I would keep everything for it and if we were getting some kind of crazy weather it would be good to have but as a whole it, it, it just it, I don't really need it and the chances you know because it'll get cold here at night let's say it gets 20 degrees but then when it's 35 a couple hours later in the morning yeah. it'll be 55 60 in there and it'll ramp up fast so it's not really something that I necessarily need but I would keep it on hand because it was so cheap to do that but that's just another factor of like things getting too hot and the thing that's stupid is it's me making it too hot that's the problem. Well, your intuition has been spot on. You've you've talked about this in this way for the last couple of years, right? You know, the concern, the risk associated with the potential damage that using something like I, I've used for these last handful of years, plastic as a cover. And yeah. so my temps are a lot different, right? Even if we're in the kind of early part of winter or late fall, it's going to be eight or nine o'clock before that temperature starts to rise. So I got plenty of time to get my coffee, you know, put on my snowsuit and get yeah. outside and uncover it if I need to. But yeah, and it's an excellent times, point. And well, when I lived up north, there was times where I didn't need to uncover it for weeks, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm, but you also didn't mm-hmm. know what the hell's going on in there. So there's that. Mm, yeah, well, yeah. So, um, but yeah. So look, let's do this. Let's, let's do the recipe of the day. And then we'll come back and we'll talk about watering. So um, we'll be right back with a fresh recipe of the day. Ben, what question do we get asked the most? I would have to say it's probably more something like, what are the products we use in our gardens the most? Ding, 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 ding. That's the correct answer. Hey, there's an Amazon link below. When you get over to the Amazon store, know that you're going to be supporting the podcast. But all of the products both Batavia and I have used in our gardens. We want to see you all over on YouTube, so check us out at Backyard Gardens TV to watch our podcasts and other gardening videos. All right, everybody, this was a total experiment on our part, total experiment. And I'm not going to give you a meal. I'm going to give you a side because sometimes I just like to eat sides. But we, you know, as you, as we've discussed, I've started growing carrots over the years and basically I'm low key obsessed with carrots. I mean, let's just be (laughs) honest. Like I'm, I'm obsessed. So we started canning carrots and the question became, what do we do with our canned carrots? Well, we make maple glazed carrots. So it's go for it. It's pretty easy. It's you drain your carrots. And this really, for us, I'm going to go ahead and say use canned carrots. And I'm going to encourage you to pressure can your carrots just for this recipe because it turned out very well. One caveat, though. So you're going to drain your carrots. You're going to preheat your oven to... I always preheat my oven between 425 and 450. Sue me if that's wrong. Um, And then you're going to put them in the oven and you're going to put them in there for about five minutes just to kind of get a little bit of that water out. And you're going to take them out and you're going to toss them with salt. Um, a little bit of cayenne pepper and maple syrup and you're going to put them back in and then you're going to continue to roast them and the goal the goal is to get them a little bit more firm now that may not happen so they may get a they may be a little soft but you can continue to put them in and you can also pull back out and then kind of put a little bit more maple syrup on to form that glaze if you so desire but it's a good way to add in to your to your meals, you know, fresh meals. And it's a, it's really a way to utilize a vegetable that is not normally canned. And I think that's the important way is we're taking something where you could plant you, you maybe you got carried away when you're implanted a lot of carrots. And you're like, oh, great. But what do I do with them all? Well, here's you know, here's an option. So give it a shot and see it's super easy. It's super 
fast, and it's actually really good. Now, the caveat is don't put too much salt on it because the first batch we had was it was it was like eating fire. So it was just kind of tough. We put too much salt on it, but just play with a little bit. Know what I'm saying? Yeah, I um I'm gonna be really frank versus being Batavia. Um <laughs> This is when I'm at home by myself and I'm laughing out loud. Like, this is the kind of stuff that it, that makes me laugh. Um, so, nothing about canned carrots then doing something like this sounds appetizing. Yeah. But I trust you, right? <laughs> and I'm going to ask those that are listening, let's trust them and give it a try. Give like, it a shot. I just think texture. And I'm not that big of a... I'm not that big of I don't critique texture a lot like you can basically do anything to food and I'm kind of like yeah it's fine uh, I mean I'm an okra lover come on um, but like all I think about is mushy carrots now I've never had pressure canned carrots meaning like I've pressure canned them out of you know from my garden in my kitchen so maybe the texture is different than what store-bought canned carrots would be I don't know if you don't if you don't over can them mm-hmm. it's not that bad but there is a there is a little bit of a mush factor and that's what I'm saying it, to, for cooking them, like if you can give them a little bit more time in the oven, they'll firm up a little bit, but there's mm-hmm. still going to be a little bit of a mush factor. But I was surprised. It was actually really good. Yeah. Just in general, I I eat all kinds of canned things like beans and things like that. Like it's a real quick, you know, like addition to a meal or something. I enjoy canned corn. I like it fresh, like if it's going to be fresh or if it's going to be frozen better. Um, things like carrots, like that's not anything that I ever like buy or use that's canned excuse me canned yeah, but us either that's why it was so like a great surprise it, yeah yeah it was a good surprise um and, you know i gave that habanero lime carrot dip thing and it, uh-huh. it was um we put too much lime in it so it was like eating heartburn but oh uh, yeah, yeah yeah we'll uh-huh. give it another shot and it turned out like baby food too so Wait, i said that. this to a listener or recently uh wrote this about workshopping an, uh, an idea for an episode <laughs> again it's one of those things that just makes me laugh like such a corporate <laughs> thing to say right um but we should talk if about you knew like the workshopping that we did it would you guys would be like <laughs> you're insane well listen i'm gonna bring it on area real quick uh it, you just made me think about like the recipe flops right <laughs> like like these are the things that just didn't do it when it came to preserving i have a couple so, already so as you know we um Hopefully, we're getting close to Backyard Kitchen being released on some streaming services. And we had an episode. Go ahead. I see you hovering. We were cooking a piece of fish on the episode. And I don't know what happened. I got to find the footage. I'll try and put it on the Backyard Kitchen YouTube channel we just made. But I took the pan and I picked it up and I threw the fish on the ground. Oh, and no. I was like, oh, shit. And I picked it up and brushed it off. And I looked at my, Kelly and I was like, you just going to have to eat it on the show. And just I'll, <laughs> I'll try and get that piece. But it kind of was what it was. So, yeah, it was definitely a recipe f- literally flop at that point. I don't know what happened. I don't know how I did it. It just it happened. And it was on the ground. And I was like, oh, no. And the dog was like racing for it at the same time. It was it was a whole thing. So. I saw this video and I don't know if it was staged. You just can't get tail with a lot of stuff now. But it was this guy that was holding up what I, I'm going to say is this itty bitty fish. He's on a boat and he had his phone out. And then he, like within seconds, he tosses his phone back in the water or yeah. into the water versus the fish. So yeah, um, yeah good luck with that. I um, can see that. Yeah, it, I actually did that. Luckily, not in the uh, a lake or an ocean or anything. Um, but anywho. Yeah, I'm clumsy. Watering. We're wrapping up watering. with watering. We are. And so this is this one is totally avoidable. And <clears throat> it's all about watching your weather and just realizing that when it's not very hot, the water is not evaporating as fast. Very, very bulleted responses. So this is I'm speaking from a place of someone that's newer to this i'm going to start at the point of hardening things off um, which you may still be if you're listening to this as this episode just came out Um, depending on the size of your pot depending on how big that root system is right you may be bringing something out that is one of two things 
is going to need more watering because now it's in the elements before you get it transplanted in. So consider that. Um, What I experienced this year, different than some previous years, is a bunch of rain, right? So I'm watching the forecast, I'm watching it rain, and I can look at kind of a discoloration and things like my lettuce. So now consider, like, I got on the um, fertilizing a boat, like I, I swam there, kicking and screaming, swallowing all kinds of water, finally got on, and now I'm outside, and guess what's getting washed away? You know, so consider that. And I'm one of those folks that has things out hardening off for like ages. Right. So think about that. That's obviously what Mother Nature does. Um, So I have to water what I'm hardening off very little in the spring these last couple of years. And the summer is a different story. Um, But also just consider that making sure that you're checking on. I mean, you're doing spring walks already now. Right. Not you. Them. Right. Spring walks. Garden walks are happening. Right check on those uh those plant babies same idea when it comes to once you've planted it out i'll put it to you this way i've watered my garden two times in the past three months Mm -hmm. that's it and everything is growing Mm -hmm. so um but now we are actively getting warmer so the timer is on the sprinklers will be running you know the irrigation however you do it whatever so that is actively going. But yeah, for a long time, I didn't water at all. And it's about time where the water company sends me something that says, hey, do you have a leak in your house? Because your water bill's gone up. It's like, yeah, no shit. It's spring. So yeah. it's these things kind of, you need to be careful of it and just know that like the cooler weather, the soil sticks around, the rains will come. It's usually the wet season for a lot of us. So you'll get more rains. And if you're not getting rains and you need to add in, but let's say I wasn't getting any rains, but it's still cool. Like my watering is like once a week and then it'll go to three times a week or twice a week. And then eventually it'll probably be about between two and three times a week. I'll water in the middle of summer. You know what I mean? So just keep that in mind. If you have things planted and you're still kind of in a cooler, like the cool bit of spring that a lot of us have, yeah, you could just, again, what's the trick? Putting your finger in the soil. Excuse me. Your soil is probably, um, at a sandwich with some onions on it, uh, your soil is probably staying damp a lot longer. So just keep that yeah. in mind. And the older this, the plants are, the roots are deeper. Get out of my head. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. But remember this too. By not by overwatering them, you're encouraging the roots to stay shallow, which will make them weaker. So you do want them to dry out a little bit. And it seems kind of weird, like, oh, there's all these fine lines you got to do. But just don't let them wilt. Because remember, with your tomatoes, what's the number one form, way for them to crack? Inconsistent watering. Mm-hmm. Them being too dry and then soaking up too much water will cause them to crack. So mm-hmm. just be careful with that. And if you're getting a lot of rains... And let's say you're like me and you have your stuff on timers, go, you take the step and turn it off. And sometimes it doesn't happen, but, you know, try and do it. Yeah, I've never done, other than seedlings, moving them to a place that has some cover after like multiple days of rain. I've never covered or done anything to prevent rain from getting to my plants. Yeah, right. Um, and again, this isn't a place where I have like, you know... 10 days of downpours or anything like that but it's raining more often than not in spring for me yeah amen sister (laughs) everybody now you know how to avoid unnecessary damage in your gardens unnecessary damage so i hope you take these steps and apply them to you um too hot too cold too much water too little water and we just hope you have successful gardens Honestly, I'll put the uh, shade cloth. I'll add that to the Amazon store. If you make a purchase from there, it won't cost you anymore, but it will help support our show. I like to say it'll give us a little bit of toilet paper money. So, you know, it's not a whole lot, but every little bit counts. So thank you so much. There's a whole bunch of stuff on there and everything that's on there. We've tried and used. Mm -hmm. Um, Check out our Patreon are all of our links and look if you guys are doing your spring gardens send us a picture dm us a picture on instagram and we will repost it to share with the listeners because your gardens are the one that matters not ours remember that we care about your gardens 
I don't want mine to die. Don't get me wrong, but you know, <laughs> I like seeing what you guys do. Some of you guys got a good eye, so a lot of you guys do. So, ladies and gentlemen, excuse me, not guys. Mm-hmm. So, everybody, we love you very much. Take care. Be safe, and uh, we will see you next week. See ya. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please follow us on YouTube at Backyard Gardens TV, Instagram at Backyard Gardens TV. Over on our website, BackyardGardensTV.com. And then we have Patreon at Backyard Gardens. And don't forget to check out our links below to help the show. Thank you so much for joining us as we learn to grow and grow for change. Cut. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. If you guys want some Backyard Gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show, so thank you so much in advance, and we hope you enjoy. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck! We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners.